from the Mystery School in Los Angeles, California. Michael Benner, your host for the Mystery School. Today and every Sunday, today is May 12 of 2013. Happy to be here, and let me begin by wishing a happy Mother's Day to all the moms far and wide. This is your special day, and we want to honor the incredible job often described as the most difficult job in the world. I cannot imagine. (laughs) Really. I mean, being a parent is one thing, but having to actually birth a child and be responsible for a newborn baby and all that's involved, it's amazing. And of course, each and every one of us had a mother. And uh, so today's your day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Our topic for the day today is sort of a negative construct, but I'm not sure how else to say it without giving away the punchline. Our title for today's class in the Mystery School is You Are Not What You Think. And of course, that would beg the question, well, who are we then? And... uh, Wouldn't it make sense that whatever I think about who I am would be then negated by the sentence, if it's really that inclusive, you are not what you think. Whatever my idea of who I happen to be, it's wrong. Well, there's the rub. It's the whole idea of thinking, of cognition of logic, of reasoning, of analysis that we're going to look at today. We tend to exalt cognition or thinking, our mental cognitive nature, as if it is supreme. And in many ways it is. But there's more to life than news, weather, and sports. There's, there's more going on than our thoughts and our feelings. Now, let's uh, deal with emotions. First of all, we've done programs dedicated to emotion, to affect, to what's come to be called EI, or emotional intelligence, EQ, being more important than IQ in success. We've talked about that a lot. I have a TED Talk on YouTube with just over 15,000 hits now that you can look up, uh, 14 minutes on emotional intelligence and why EQ is more important than IQ. Probably the best way to get to that TED Talk, by the way, is simply to go to my primary website, theagelesswisdom.com. And right on the front page, there is a big red link in the lower left. You can't miss it. It says TEDx. And uh, you click on that, it'll jump you right into the YouTube area and uh, queue up that video for you. I did a couple of years ago in Hawaii. So you can check that out, emotional intelligence. Now, Often emotions are distinguished from thoughts, but in many ways, it's sort of all wrapped together. I mean, we have for your physical body, a medical doctor or physician, but for anything having to do with the way you think and or feel, we have mental health. 
Currently, there really are no emotional health specialists. Uh, If there were, and in fact there are, I would consider myself to be one in many regards, but we come at it from another field. For example, for me, it was years of doing hypnotherapy that I became intrigued and even fascinated by the role of affect or emotions in the nature of meditation and hypnosis and guided imagery or visualization. But basically, if you have a problem with the way you think or the way you feel, you go to a mental health specialist. And you remember, I'm sure, that Plato divided thousands of years ago the essence of the human being into mind, body, and soul. He did not talk about the emotional nature other than it being a subset of the mind. Well, we do have emotional feelings, and certainly they have a relationship with thoughts. Thoughts and feelings impact each other. A feeling will generate a thought train quite easily. Thoughts also stimulate feelings, I think of it as a kind of a back and forth, almost like a a ping-pong match between thought and feeling, and feeling creates a thought, and then there's a couple of thoughts, and slowly the feelings rise, feeling, feeling, thought, 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 feeling, thought, feeling, thought, feeling, 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 thought, 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 you know, (laughs) we just sort of go back and forth, but Most of us are not that conscious of our ability to detach and mindfully take a step back and watch that happen. And now I'm moving quickly here toward our topic of the day today, which is consciousness or awareness, or if you wish, understanding, but traditionally in spirituality, in philosophy, in psychology, in education, even in medicine, consciousness or awareness are used interchangeably. If you say, well, what does that mean? I I think I know what it means to be conscious as opposed to unconscious, like asleep or in a coma or something. Yeah. But if you are conscious, There are varying degrees of consciousness. How awake are you? And so it is with awareness. Well, I'm pretty sure I know what awareness means. But if we capitalize the word awareness and use it to refer to the divine source of all things, we're into an area of Eastern philosophy, and if you're raised in the West... That may not make much sense to you because you have an idea of God as a human being, a giant man, a very special man, but sort of a Santa Claus kind of a guy that knows if you've been naughty and nice and has a big book up in the sky. And yes, I, I, I do tease about it because it is idolatry. And any theologian, if pressed, will admit, yes, well, Frankly, that really is idolatry to make God in our image and see God as a human being. But it's just so popular. So many people do it and think no further that 
it's dangerous territory for most people to go into. I love going into it. I think we need to confront the blasphemy and the idolatry of seeing God as a man. It's like if you were an ant, I'm sure you would visualize the great ant god. You know, if you were a badger, uh, and on Sunday all the badgers get together, it's the great badger god in the sky. And, uh, you know, again, the idea that we're in the image of that which is divine is very, very different from creating God in our image and giving God a form, a limited body, and a place in the universe that is very remote and very far away. What it does is, I've said many times, is pull the sacredness out of the world. Now the world becomes bad, and you, although you're in the image of God, right? Admittedly, you become bad because you are mortal, because you are a flesh and blood being, because you live in the physical world, and this is the domain of evil. So God good, you bad, right? And you need this church to redeem you and save you. And the idea that your soul is already in heaven and you're an extension of it, of course, is heresy. All right. The church's version of blasphemy, and the Protestants picked that up and carried that through the Reformation as they broke from the Catholics. All of this, of course, was decided in the 4th century when the Emperor Constantine, the Roman Emperor, formed what is today known as the Catholic Church. Well, awareness is to hundreds of millions, even billions of people in this world, when capitalized, a reference to the Godhead, to the totality of all that is, to the spirit or the energy that stands behind form, to the essence of the mind. You know, Descartes gets a lot of heat, the French mathematician René Descartes, for positing that the mind is separate from the body. And today we know about the mind-body connection, and we say, well, the mind is not separate from the body at all. In fact, there's a lot of health care now that is taking advantage of, in the best sense of the word, exploiting the mind-body connection through visualization and positive thinking and, and affirmation, uh, getting your attitude straight so as to promote good health, prevent illness, and even promote healing and pain management as well. So the mind-body connection is real. But I'm quite sure that what Descartes was referring to is probably better described as spirit and matter. He was talking about, and what I think has come to be called Cartesian dualism, is less about the mind and body being separate than spirit and matter being separate. And Einstein rather proved that when he put an equal sign between energy and mass. That's spirit and matter, two forms of the same thing. So every physical thing has a spiritual component or a soul behind it. That's the theory. That's the whole idea. What's behind the mind? 
What stands behind the nature of the mind? Is the mind spirit? Or is there something behind the thought process and behind the emotional process that we need to be aware of? And yes, it's awareness itself. It's consciousness. So when we say in a class like this, and we'll talk about this in detail in the premium training coming up in about 15 minutes. I sure hope you're enrolled. If not, run over to theagelesswisdom.com. You'll have five or six minutes between this class and the premium training where with your ATM card, your bank card, debit, credit card, whatever you got, you can sign up in a matter of 60 seconds for a single class or if you'd like, enroll with a nice discount for a 13-week quarter or for an even deeper discount, a full year, 52 weeks. Again, the website is the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training, and you'll see those three choices, a single class, a 13-week quarter, or a full year. Fill out the form. You're done in 60 seconds. The thank you page will generate the URL you'll need at 1.30 this afternoon Pacific Time, 20 hours 30 Universal Time. Though, you can always listen to the replay on demand, just like this free form. This is podcast. That's a premium training, so we don't podcast it. But in both cases, the replay on demand is available. Here, let me share this with you. Let's think of a four-layer cake. And the bottom layer is the physical world, the physical body, that meat suit that is the instrument or the vehicle that allows us to move through this world of form. It corresponds to our behavior and our health and the world of action. And the second layer on top of that would be the emotional layer. This is the affective layer. This is affect. This is our emotional nature. The third layer would be the mental layer. This is cognition, logic, reasoning, creativity, You could argue that intuition is either emotional or mental, depending upon your model. Intuition is a curious bit of both, actually, a little emotional and a little bit mental. But clearly, logic, cognition, reasoning would be the third layer. That's the mental layer of the cake. So there you have the mental, the emotional, and the physical. And this is actually not only a lower correspondence of the divine trinity, father corresponding to God's will, son or prince corresponding to God's love, the heart and soul of divinity and life, and then what in Christianity is called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is the mother aspect, that's Mother Earth, that's Mater, Madre, Matter, the material world. You can see mother, happy Mother's Day, in the word matter or material, mater. So it's God the Father and Mother Earth. 
a lower correspondence of that divine trinity, will, love, and physicality, the universe being the body of God, would be our own mental, emotional, and physical nature. You follow on that? And the reason it's a formula is perhaps best expressed by the great prosperity psychologist and motivator, Napoleon Hill, who said famously, if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. Now think that through. If you can conceive it, if you can think of it, if you can dream it, if you can hold that thought and believe it, if you can use the emotional part of your imagination, the faith, the passion, the oh boy golly gee, the belief part, if you can feel it, right? This is belief and faith, the emotional nature, very closely allied to the mental. But if you can conceive it and believe it, mental and emotional, you can achieve it in the physical. This is the formula for creating form whether you call it karma, the law of reciprocity, the magnetic law of attraction, what goes around comes around, you go where you look, you get what you expect. There's a lot of different names for basic cause and effect, or Christ described it as simply you reap what you sow, the garden allegory, which is such a strong allegory. But there's a fourth layer. This is our argument when I say our topic today is you're not what you think. You are your behavior, of course, and you are your feelings. But people say, well, that results from your thoughts. Thoughts are primary. They create the feelings and the behavior. All right. So what do you mean? I'm not what I think. There's a little play in words. You're not what you think you are. But you're also not merely your thoughts. What I mean by that is you're not only your thoughts, you're not only your feelings, you're not only the interplay between the mental and emotional nature. You're not just the behavior that you often do reflexively without thinking or feeling. There is that, right? (laughs) And then there is the behavior, well, I did it because I felt like it. Well, did you ever think about the consequences. No, I just felt like doing it, so I did it and thought about it later. And you're right, now I regret it. So we get the order mixed up. It's often, I feel like it, I do it, and then I think about it later. That's called. That's not rational thought, that's called rationalizing <laughs> after the fact. So what's the fourth layer? It's awareness. It's consciousness. It's the nature of the soul above and free of form. And it's not merely the fourth layer that sits on top of the lower three, the mental, emotional, and physical. It's actually more like air in that it's everywhere equally present. Remember in the opening of The Meaning of Life by Monty Python when the goldfish are swimming past each other? and saying, good morning, morning. And then they reverse and double back, morning, morning. (laughs) Hello, good morning. That's a veiled reference to an old metaphysical story. 
Actually, I think Marsha McLuhan also gets credit for saying, I don't know who discovered water, but I do know it was not a fish. Right? Well, there's this old metaphysical story in the wisdom traditions about one fish passing several others and saying, hey, boys, how's the water? And he continues, and the fish look at each other and go, what's water? This is the situation that you and I find ourselves in. We are unaware of awareness, and yet that's the essence of who you are. What is thought if you're not aware of thinking? What is an emotion if you're not aware of your feelings? Frankly, I had to pay a lot of money a couple of decades ago as a young man to learn to feel feelings. I didn't know you could feel a feeling in your body. I was so in my head because of the abuse and the in, in my childhood and the dysfunction in my family. I was so cerebral. I thought my body was just to carry my head from place to place. I didn't know I could really feel. And how much of our behavior are we aware of initiating and how much of it is simply a reaction. So awareness is king. This is the essence of who you are. And this is the wonderful liberating lesson that hopefully will cause you to join us for less than lunch, pocket full of change at the premium training. It's really what pays for these podcasts. These are, as webinars and live streaming replay and podcasts. These are all free to you, but the bandwidth is significant. We have listeners all over the world. Thankfully, we have the premium training to subsidize that. Still doesn't pay for it all, but we're happy to do it. And the point is we've got a nice extended program, and we're going to play a program from the archives that my business partner Steve Snyder and I recorded which we call on second thought or beyond the second thought, thinking about thinking. And take a look at this whole awareness. And, of course, I'll be there live in real time and describing this in even greater detail. But there's your takeaway, the four-layer cake. Are you aware of your thoughts? Are you mindfully aware of your thought process? Can you let go of a thought and say to yourself, just because I think it doesn't mean I need to do it. Just because I think it doesn't mean I believe it. Just because I think it doesn't even mean that it's true or valid. I just think so. Enroll at theagelesswisdom.com and we'll see you over there in about five minutes. Thanks a lot for being with us today. Remember to do your daily meditation every day, even if it's merely... Closing your eyes, taking a few slow, deep breaths, and fixing your attention at the bottom of your nose. Simply watch yourself breathe. This will help you become mindful of the fact that you're not the breather, you're the watcher. And soon you'll be able to watch your thoughts without being the thinker. And you'll be able to choose and initiate your behavior without being a robot you'll awaken to an entirely new life. Thanks a lot for being here. See you over in the premium training in a few minutes. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other again. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. 
This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.